Hey, all you lovely listeners out there, this is Will Bradley, host of the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. And before we kick things off, I want to talk about some of the awesome coupon codes I have for you, thanks to the generous, generous companies I uh, work with. And uh, the first is Outdoor Vitals. They make direct-to-consumer camping and backpacking gear and when you use the code GENTLEMAN with any purchase, $50 or more, you will get a free inflatable camping pillow. And it's a great pillow, and they make some great stuff, super comfortable sleeping mats. And I actually bought their uh, hammock sleeping bag system, and it is fantastic. Also, the boys over at Mountain Ops use the code, 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 use the code TAG10 to get 10% off your Mountain Ops order, and go to get, correction, it's no longer get Mountain Ops, it's just mountainops.com. Also, today on the show, I have the guys from Alpenreel, they have been generous enough to toss me a code that I believe gets you like 15% off one of their reels, or some of their new fly line, and they're really, really cool, I'm hearing great things about them, I'm hoping to try one out myself this uh, upcoming season, and that code is adventure, just Put that in with your order, and you will get a sweet, sweet deal on a reel. Also, another direct consumer company. Actually, these are all, except for Mountain Ops, which, I mean, you can get from them, but they're in stores too. The rest are all direct consumer companies, and that would be Maven. Maven Optics, fantastic, fantastic optics. I've been running them for years. You know, there's a lot of guys who are just big, big fans of these. They just came out with a rifle scope. And if you want to go ahead and get yourself some free Maven swag with your order, just use the coupon code NBHGIFT at checkout. Well, oh, bless you. Got my, we got to rock my little my little man here, too, so he doesn't have any tears. Got to rock him so that uh, while I'm doing this. Anywho, check out those codes. Support those who support this show. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Today I had on the show the guys from uh, Elpin Reel. They're super cool guys. Just chasing their dream in the outdoor industry. I think you guys will love this show. I think you will enjoy it, listening to it as much as I enjoy talking to them. Please, if you do enjoy it, head over to their page. Follow them, like them, let them know. Uh, it goes a long, long way. So, without any more talking from me, here's the show. If you are ready to take the hard road, the road less travelled, the path in life where the journey is more important than the destination, then you are in the right place. Prepare to live with vigour. This is the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. Welcome one and all to the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. I'm your host, Will Bradley, and today we have two that's right, two very special guests. They are the owners and operators of the Alpen Real Company, and that is Phil Wilcheck and Hudson McGee. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. It is my pleasure. My pleasure. I've been following you guys for, I would say, almost the beginning on Instagram. I've been creeping a long time. That's awesome. I will yeah. ask how did you find us on Instagram? Uh, my buddy Jared. He cool. 
he told me, hey, uh, my, a couple of guys I know, they just started this company. You should check them out. And so I did. And what really captivated me was that blue reel. That's awesome. You know, I loved the color of that reel. And I'm very much an aesthetics guy when it comes to equipment. It's like it can operate okay. But if I look like I really know what I'm doing, I'm sold. We're all about the sex appeal over here. <laughs> That's right. The sex appeal is high. <laughs> that blue reel too, man. It's, it's a top seller for us. It's a good one. I believe it. And we'll get into this a little later. But now I see there's a matching line. There is. The line colors definitely played to the dark navy blue reel pretty well. So, How did you guys start Alpen Reel? That's a good question. We, uh, I'd say the genesis of it didn't even start with reels, to be honest. Hudson and I were kind of working together at a software company back in Chattanooga when we lived there. And we were bouncing around all kinds of ideas. We just kind of knew that we wanted to be in the fishing industry, fly fishing specifically. I think we started out, you know, trying to do what, like shirts and apparel, and we're like, this is way too much freaking inventory and like too many sizes and colors to deal with. And I don't know. One day, one of us was just kind of like, hey, let's let's see if we can figure out getting reels made. You know, let's see if we can dive into that. That's a much cooler thing than apparel and stuff that you just wear so it was also we thought it was really interesting because uh we really saw a big opening in the market for someone that is uh, direct consumer uh making really high quality reels at more of a you know lower cost and you know there's there's some things out there like that but we really saw some room in the market to grow for that so you know we kind of talked about that idea and got really excited about just going all in for it and I think it took us about a year and a half to design the first reel, but then we launched it last August. So it's not been that long. You know, it's been like six months, but it's been a good six months for us. Wow, that seems like it's been forever. I've been watching you guys, so I would not have known it was six months. <laughs> it's uh, We started our Instagram account. You know, being direct consumer, that's our only way to grow, really, and let people know about us. So we started that long before August, just to try and build up a following, you know, to announce everything through. So let's talk about that direct consumer model. Fans who have been listening a while know we work with Maven Optics and their direct consumer. I just had FHF Gear, uh, the chest pack company on the other day, and they're also direct consumer. Direct consumer seems to be a really great way to get products out there to people in their hands and cut that middleman out and cutting out that extra cost. What what got you guys into that decision to be direct consumer? This could probably be written in like our mission statement, but uh, being able to cut out that middleman really makes uh, things affordable for the trout bums like ourselves. You know, we're trout bums. We make reels for trout bums <laughs> that are high performing. So. <laughs> Like I said, that could probably be written in our mission statement if we wanted to. <laughs> um, like Hudson touched on earlier, I mean, we saw an opportunity for it there. You know, there's a handful of companies out there doing the same thing, but we we kind of saw some room for one more. It really is kind of kind of special too, like how you can uh, control the messaging totally. So, like for marketing. You know, we're not selling through fly shops. We don't have retailers saying, hey, here's this this company that I think they have pretty good reels. 
but you know we totally own all of that. We own every bit of marketing, every uh, part of our uh, the way people talk about us. I think that's really cool to be able to do that. It's kind of limiting, you know, starting out in our position that we are now. Like we could we could launch to a couple hundred fly shops right now and just sell a bunch of reels. But uh, it is in the long term, I think, just a great way to leverage technology where it is today and be able to try and tap into that and you know once you get established in a direct consumer model it's much better for for not really not only us but also everyone who buys our risk because we can just put so much more into it so do you get like a lot of reps or people calling like dude let me score some of them reels to sell <laughs> yeah we uh from day one man we even before we started you know we wanted uh, we've gotten five to ten instagram messages a day uh, <laughs> And a lot of those people are legit, and we end up working with them. And it's kind of cool to see people like repping our stuff and helping us grow a lot. Um, so it's pretty cool to have people reach out all the time and just really interested in it, you know? That is cool. And what kind of numbers are we looking at? Is it just a two man crew, or is there more employees than just yourselves? You're seeing it right here. Yeah, this is <laughs> two man wrecking crew. I like it. The Bash Brothers. Yeah. And we're. Um, we're a pretty lean team, I would say. We we both uh, work full time jobs around this and uh, spend our our nights and weekends and early mornings kind of working on Alpha Real Co and making it happen. But yeah, this is the team. Yeah, Hudson's being modest. I'm probably more of his biggest cheerleader than anything. But <laughs> <laughs> That's I did want you. Uh, just a little further to the point of the direct-to-consumer stuff, one thing that's really special that it does for us is it allows us, you know, in the end, we have a higher profit margin. And, you know, we've kind of built a brand around being conservation-focused. So with that higher profit margin, we've actually taken a cut and partnered with Greater Yellowstone Coalition here in Bozeman to where, you know, $5 from every one of those reels actually goes back to preserving the Yellowstone River. So, you know, that's kind of an idea that we built this upon too. And what was really attractive about the whole direct to consumer thing. And whose decision was it to go into the real business? That's a good question. I think it was Phillips. We, we climbed at the climbing gym once a week and would always, kick around business ideas while we were climbing and uh, I'm pretty sure he was like, hey man, I think we can make reels if you want to see if we can make this work. And I was like, all right, let's let's dive into it and see if we can figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Philip came up with the idea for reels. Oh yeah. man, so you're climbing bums and trout bums. <laughs> That's right. That's how we met, man. It was uh, a mixture of the two. We were in the climbing gym and I was wearing a hat that had a trout on it with the Jackson Wyoming like flag in it and Philip was like hey man it's a cool hat and I was like thanks dude and <laughs> we just started climbing together ever since then <laughs> yeah, it's like you single <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you fish bro <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how sportsmen's hit on each other that's, uh, that's a nice trout hat you got there <laughs> sparks <Yeah>. flip <laughs> <laughs> oh man so what's the manufacturing process like for you guys so it kind of starts with just walking with the creation of a reel from start to finish you know we totally design them all ourselves with uh, starting with just sketching and uh, learning ideas like that drawing 
in really, really detailed three-dimensional drawings just to grab all sides of the reels that we're trying to design. Where then, you know, we work with just an engineer to sort of turn those into a CAD drawing. And those CAD drawings are basically a three-dimensional drawing that is digitalized so that it can be plugged into uh, a CNC milling machine, which is, you know, what carves out of the aluminum all the real designs. So we basically start with a drawing, and then that gets converted into a CAD drawing. Our manufacturers are located in China, and basically they have uh, the machinery, the CNC milling machine, to be able to carve that out. So we kind of pass them those drawings, and they send us back all the uh, cutout frames and spools and uh, anodize them as well. So That's pretty damn handy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, it took us a long time to get the first one done, but now that we really have our process dialed in and the reels are, you know, we're really happy with the quality of them too. We can, we're kind of designing a, a few different reels right now and trying to nail down the one we're going to come out with next, but it's a much faster process now that we've kind of figured it out, you know, and uh, right. gotten, the first, gotten the first one done. Yeah. So going down that road a little of the first one. Was the first one blue, or did you start with the silver? I uh, started with both. So yeah. we have that one design, you know, that's the stone named after the Yellowstone River here, and uh, that's the same reel. Just we wanted to come out with two different colors, so uh, we started with both at the same time. And uh, whose whose option was the blue? That's a good question. I don't know, man. I feel like it was a, that one was probably a team effort. Yeah, like yeah. That's a signature color. Like I've gone on some other reel sites, and it's like. Black, 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 black. Or, I mean, you could go to, like, I think it's Able Reel, who's, like, crazy reels. But then you look at the price, and you're there for five seconds because it starts scaring you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, that was what uh, what made us excited about that navy blue color is we hadn't really seen it done before. And we also just loved the look of it. It was our brand is we try and kind of keep them, like, earth tones and uh, kind of neutral colors like that. And that blue was a part of our branding guidelines that we put together. Uh, it's kind of like an earth tone blue, so it matched up really well with that reel. Ooh, branding guidelines. Let's hear about these branding guidelines. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone mention them before. What kind of – what's in these guidelines? When you're a direct consumer, you got to knock branding out of the park, man. Um, it's like – you know, you really have to make your brand look good and something that people want to just click on when they are slightly exposed to it. So we started off with working with a really talented guy that we were good friends with, and he put together, helped us put together some branding guidelines with, with our colors, and uh, he designed our logo for us too, and I, help, I think helped us just start out really well with looking like uh, a legit brand. It, did, it does I look legit, I will say that. You guys have some great pictures. Thanks, man. My wife is luckily a photographer, so she... Ah, yes. That's where the talent lies. <laughs> yeah. She helps us out a lot. Yeah, she's good. I just kind of connect all the dots, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be that talented if you can find talent. Yeah, everyone else is kind of doing it for us. So we're just making the dots come together. That's an... Yeah, we we see that as an inspiring message we can send. Yeah, just two talented trout bums that can make something come together. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. You can be a trout bum listening to this show right now and not have that much talent. But do not worry because if you surround yourself with a lot of talented people, you can make something of yourself. 
Absolutely. It's the moral of the story. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what are the day-to-day operations then like at Alpen? Um, I think, you know, ever since we started, that was a big that was a big turning point for us with the day-to-day operations and how they sort of started and changed was, you know, now we're just fulfilling orders a lot. And we may have throughout a weekend, you know, where we're not shipping orders out, a few real orders come in, um, or maybe if somebody orders a hat or a fly line or something like that, uh, we'll just go in and basically spend most of our time, you know, packaging boxes, uh, shipping things out, fulfilling orders, and just, you know, managing all that side of things. Um, Another side of that, too, I think, is, like, just trying to continue to stay relevant while you are... um, keeping up with that stuff. So staying relevant on social media with like trying to create content and post new photos and videos and continue to work to like get involved in more things on social media. And we're doing a lot in films too. So uh, kind of trying to like, you know, stay busy and focus on the future of uh, Alpen Ryoko, but also keep up with all the orders that we've been getting. That's awesome. What, what, let's talk about the future a little bit. What can, people expect from Alpine, whether it's gear-wise or video-wise? As far as video content or like films coming out, um, we're actually uh, one of the real sponsors for the feature film and the IF4 this year, a film called Seriously North, uh, <clears throat> put on by a lot of the guys from like Blue Halo Rods, Six Waters uh, Company, Watermaster, a uh, really talented videographer and uh, photographer, Derek Oldhouse. That's kind of like a strategic partnership that we've done with those guys. And we, you know, are definitely looking to work more with them in the future. I'd say just by being associated with them helped us uh, build a lot of our following on Instagram. Uh, they've been really cool and uh, supportive of, you know, a fledgling company like ourselves. Yeah, so yeah. go see the IF4 this year in your town. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> Alpen reels will be used in one of the films. Uh, but yeah, those guys are helped us really kick off. We wouldn't be where we are today, I think, if they didn't like get us involved in those giveaways that they did early on to get us a lot of their following. Uh, so that's a big part of the film piece to look out for. As far as products too, we're always trying to evolve and uh, innovate and just bring new new things to what we're doing. Most of that is reels. You know, we're probably going to come out with like a reel uh, every six to nine months, I would say from here on out. Whoa. Add more fly lines too. Uh, I mean, it's, that's what we're hoping for and planning for as long as like the sales track with that, you know, we're just basically going to order, sell through most of it and then reorder uh, a new reel and sort of try and work our way up slowly with that. So let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I noticed it the other day. A very sexy blue line you guys are coming out with now. Uh, what was that process like? That process, there was there's a lot of testing involved. Basically, we, uh, you know, we fish mostly airflow in Rio and those like top of the line fly lines because you know when you're fishing every single day in Montana, it's you're using and abusing those lines and they just get destroyed after a while. So you have a lot of them. and we, we've kind of figured out like the different things we like about certain ones. Like I love the, the belly of a weighted forward streamer line that will cast anything, you know, or like a 
really weighted nymph line. Uh, so we tried to kind of build that profile into a line that you could also use for, uh, you know, that was more versatile because, you know, we're marketing to more of the uh, people like us who don't want to have, you know, 10 different fly lines, 10, 10 different reels because it's just expensive. So we tested a lot of that out and sort of nailed our design in to kind of be a, a weighted forward line that uh, is pretty versatile you can use for casting dries or nymphing and even smaller streamers too. Do you have a favorite fishing memory? That's a good question. Um, there's a lot of them to sift through. I think my favorite memory is not necessarily a fish that I've caught um, or lost. It's more, I think, the for me it's the first time I went fly fishing. Uh, I took a trip to Jackson Hole, Wyoming in college and a lot of fly ride because I was like, you know, this is Jackson, Wyoming. I probably should do some fly fishing and kind of just like taught myself out on the Grovemont River how to cast and got lucky and caught a cut, a cut through it by stripping a stonefly through the water. So, <laughs> stonefly nymph. So, uh, it was definitely lucky. But yeah, that, that whole trip was my favorite memory of fly fishing by far. Wait, how do you end up on just a trip to Jackson? <laughs> with not not fishing at all like did you know you were gonna do some fishing there or were you like oh, i tripped and fell into the river <laughs> no, i uh was going with three friends and we all basically were just backpacking and camping uh in that area and we all wanted to do we all wanted to fly fish uh we were all really interested in it and yeah that's where it all started we kind of just like camped on rivers you know on the Grovemont, uh also on the green river down in near pinedale some different areas like that it was really cool trip i know exactly how that conversation starts because it's like hey have you guys seen a river runs through it before yeah <laughs> i think we could be just like that brad pitt seems we can do cool. this yeah. <laughs> brad, brad, I, my uh sister's boyfriend he does a lot of writing for our website on fly fishing and almost every time he comes over somehow he manages to work Brad Pitt and River runs through it in a conversation. That's awesome. <laughs> Just kind of naturally flows into a conversation. You know, if you are really into fishing, I can see how your conversations can naturally lead there. Yeah. yeah. It's strangely probably now that I think about it, it comes up like once a week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now that I think about it, I actually want to know like, can Brad Pitt still cast? I'm sure he's shadow casting right now as we speak. <laughs> that's what caused his divorce yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like all you want to do is cast much time on the river <laughs> yeah <laughs> so how about you phil do you have a favorite memory yeah i was gonna throw this one out here this one's uh a more recent memory or I've, you know probably two of my best fishing memories are from more recently from when we've been out here uh one was probably our first trip to the Bighorn last year in the winter, and that whole experience just <clears throat> crushing fish on streamers nonstop for like two and a half days was incredible. Oh, yeah, um, like middle of January. Yeah, mid-January, just Montana. freezing, but you just couldn't stop catching fish, and you're just really dripping junk all day, so it was a lot of fun. <laughs> all day, man. You're doing way better than I am because I went out there and just froze my butt off and almost got hit by an iceberg. <laughs> it was a cold day for me. And my buddy I'm with, who's much better at fishing than I am, he's like, 
yeah, I was told there's like a two to 15 minute window. The fish will be feeding. And I'm like, wow, what's the chances of us catching that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll come out here, man. We'll put you on them. All yeah. Day. Yeah. Catching fish is great. Casting for them. Fun. Catching them. More fun. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The most fun. You know, I just figured it out. You know why I was not catching them? You weren't stripping stoneflies. I didn't have that sweet blue line, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, man. Probably it. <laughs> That's exactly why. You know, that blue line is the color of the sky, and the fish don't even see it. Yeah. They just like, don't even know what's coming at them. Yeah, that's a good question. I was actually going to ask you about that question of why the selection of the color blue. Is that the reason why sky's blue? Figure they look up. Hey, blending in. Uh, that was a plus, but it was more of it was more. We just love that color combo, uh, the way it looks on on this reel. So yeah, the discussion kind of went like, "Hey, what colors do you like for line?" Or like, "Oh, blue and gray. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Let's do that." <laughs> we didn't get too deep with it or anything. What's the <laughs> sexiest line color you can think of? Blue. Let's send it. No. Uh, we might sound philosophical, but really, you know, a lot of times there's not a whole lot rolling around up there. Other than <laughs> there's nothing, nothing wrong with just winging it and hoping for the best. We just know, we just know what the good ideas are first try. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> do you uh, have a other than the gear you guys make? Do you have a favorite piece of gear? Yes. So relevant to fly fishing, or just just like outdoor gear. Ah oh, man, now that's a good question. Let's go both. Okay. Let's go both. Get deep. Um, relevant to fly fishing, I would say um, flycraft. Have you heard of a flycraft? No. My first so, time hearing about it. It's a miniature drift boat. They're really cool. You should check them out. Oh, maybe I have heard of this then. An inflatable. Yep. Drift boat. Those things are indestructible and like 90 pounds. Uh, or on the top of your Subaru if you want to, or in the back of your truck bed. Uh, it's just an awesome little boat. So I would say that's my favorite piece of fishing gear. <laughs> yeah, mine. Yeah. Mine's recently uh, become, it's not really gear, but it's more like a, a material. And probably one of my biggest frustrations is fishing big foam bugs in the summer and just having them get waterlogged and sink all the time. So we've come <laughs> about this stuff called fly agra, which is basically just a, a floatant, um, <laughs> keeps, keeps you up at all times, keeps your flies up, right? Fly agra. Fly um, agra. <laughs> that has quickly become one of my favorite things ever because it just, takes away the frustration that you commonly deal with fishing that stuff and the name's awesome so i mean that's brilliant <laughs> yeah they sell just on the name but then you you fish it and it's like oh my gosh this thing is like uh, gasoline or something it just floats like nothing else literally the same reaction between the first time you use viagra and the first time you use flyagra is almost indiscernible <laughs> And then the tagline is, if your fly floats for more than four hours, call your doctor. <laughs> well, I'm going to check both those things out. <laughs> what do you say your favorite piece of uh, fishing gear is? Uh, 
man. You know, uh, recently it would be a pair of waders I got when Gander Mountain was closing. And they're the Ducks Unlimited series. And I only bought them because my buddy texted me. And he's like, hey, you never know when you're going to need these. And I was like, you're right. I never know when I'm going to need some really hefty waders for cold weather conditions. So I bought them. And then it wasn't until I started getting invited to go fishing this winter that I was like, man, I am so damn glad I have these. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, other than that, it's the chapstick my buddy carries with him to keep the eyelets from getting iced iced up a bunch. Those yeah. are <laughs> my two go-to pieces. I recently heard a story, uh, one of the guys I was on the river with, and we're down there fishing, and it is like probably around 10 degrees out, I would say. And we're in the river, and all of a sudden we look back, and there's this guy kind of making his way down this steep embankment and he's got from what looks like a bunch of beers and a grocery bag and i'm like this guy must have nothing to do if he's planning to come down here and just sit and drink beers and watch those fish so he makes his way down and he's like hey are you guys jordan and we're like no but we know exactly who you're talking about and that's his buddy right there and he's like oh i thought you were him because of the truck he's like you guys want a beer? And you're like, of course we want a beer. So get out, you know, warm up a little bit, having a beer with him. And he's like, and we start asking him some questions, you know, how long has he been fishing here, this and that. And he proceeds to tell us a story that he heard from an old timer who used to be known as like the most legendary fisherman in the area. You know, I think every area has a guy like this in the hunting community and in the fishing community. Like there's always that one guy who's doing just better than everyone else. And so he tells us a story that he's out in a bar and the guys, it's the guy's retirement party. And so he buys him a shot and he goes up and he's like, Hey, how, how do you catch so many fish? And he's like, buy me another shot and I'll tell you. So he buys him another shot and shoots it. And he goes, you know, I catch so many fish. I keep going fishing. <laughs> Sage wisdom. Sage wisdom. So he thought, man, I just got hosed on this deal. But at the end of the night, he pulls him aside and he pulls out a piece of wood about, I would say, three by five inches. And do you know what that piece of wood was for? No idea. It's a raft. And what he did with this raft is he would take mice, he'd catch field mice, and he'd hook them up through the back, and he'd toss them out on the raft into the water, and then he'd pull the raft out so they'd have to swim back. And he says, hardly ever did they make it back. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah, that's how he caught so many fish. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that before, but... That's one badass way to go about it. Yeah, the old mouse boat trick. <laughs> yes, everybody knows the old mouse boat trick. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been adapted a little bit or uh, fine-tuned, I guess, to the fly fishing industry. But that's pretty. <laughs> that's an awesome way to do it. But out here, they definitely throw the mouse patterns at night and crush some big old fish on them. <laughs> 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 now you know the genesis of the mouse pattern. 
Yeah, glad to know the roots. <laughs> so, moving on from there, do you guys have any uh, books or anything like that you'd recommend, whether it's fly fishing or business or anything like that, your favorite like go-to book? It's a toughie. Uh, I would answer that with, it's not necessarily a book, but it's uh, a podcast, and that is, this is, it's uh, how I built this. And I kind of think of that, you know, as like modern day equivalent to books for, for me. And uh, it's it's really good podcast. It's like if you're an entrepreneur or just, you know, interested in how companies got to where they are, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'd have to say my uh, most recent favorite book has nothing to do with really either, uh, maybe entrepreneurship, but uh, <laughs> American Kingpin was a great book about the guy who started Silk Road. I just recently read that. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what it is, go look that it up. That sounds interesting. Uh, <laughs> I do know what the Silk Road is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that I've got a really bad memory of the books that I read. I have a hard time holding on to, you know, have I read that book or not? But um, another recent one I read that I liked a lot uh, was Stephen Ronella's Big Game Guide to Hunting and Cooking was really cool. So, um, yeah. Not touching anything on fishing there, but we both like to hunt as well. So <laughs> that's a great book, and uh, he did another book where he did talk quite a bit about fishing. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's got a small game one where he did some of that. Yeah, meat eater. His meat eater book. He talks a lot about fishing in it. Yeah, growing up fishing, and that's where he talks about his theory on catch and release and all that. Cool. Yeah, which has slightly changed my opinion a little bit of like, maybe I will cook more fish. <laughs> they do taste good. Thank they do. <laughs> we went camping last uh, last summer at this lake, and we planned ahead for this for a few trips, and we always forgot the main ingredient that we needed. So we were going to make, um, we were going to make uh, ceviche, and you know, with lime juice. So we brought like a bucket of limes to go camping with us. And we caught a bunch of trout and made ceviche right there at the campsite. It was super fancy and so good. Uh, I would highly recommend it. I'm going to try it because I've been expanding my cooking a lot lately. Putting yeah. bacon in a whole lot of new things that I usually don't put bacon in. <laughs> yeah, Do you know on. what ceviche is? I have a brief memory from my wife making it. So it's it's raw fish, so the trout is raw, but then you basically squeeze lime juice all over it and you you break it up and cut it up and squeeze lime juice all over it. And the acid in the lime juice uh, basically cooks the fish and it changes the consistency of it so it looks cooked. And then you add in like onions and cilantro and stuff like that and it's really good. How many limes are we talking per like eight to ten inch fish? Uh, I think you just submerged so I like, threw a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of got lime a tree. <laughs> lime tree. <laughs> Heavy on the limes is always a better thing, you know. Just make sure it's getting uh getting cooked from so, the acid. So it's not like salt, like you can over salt a fish, you can't over lime it. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> what would you say are your biggest influences or people who have been your biggest influences in business uh for me personally business and outdoors wise is uh definitely my dad um you know he got me 
from day one hunting and fishing uh, back in the southeast. And he also runs a, uh, <clears throat> a custom millwork shop in Memphis. Um, so I kind of grew up around somebody with like the entrepreneurial spirit uh, and had always admired that and looked up to him. And, you know, he's always kind of supported all my crazy ideas and everything, <laughs> you know, was always gung ho for me trying to start something myself. So I'd say he's definitely like my number one influence business and, and outdoor wise. And how does he uh, feel about the reels? Oh man, they're one of the first buyers. Uh, <laughs> I think Hudson's dad was number one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Philip's dad number two. Yeah, my dad, my uncle, number two and three, and you know, but that's where it starts. It starts with friends and family, and you know, they're very supportive. So it was awesome. If you can't sell to them, you're really screwed. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you didn't do too well. <laughs> So Hudson, how about you? Biggest influencer? Um, I would say two people. I would agree with Philip. My dad is also one of those people for me. Uh, he's he's definitely an entrepreneur and has kind of given me that spirit throughout my life. And um, you know, always asks what ideas are we are we cooking up and want to talk through them all and give me more. So uh, he's been really influential and the whole business side of things for, for me in starting this, but also uh, a very different person. I think it's more so a brand is uh, I look up to brands like Patagonia and Yvonne Chouinard, who uh, really started that company on something that is much more than just a product, but it's like something that they believe in and it's much more of a story and it's very unique, you know, and something that people rally behind because of that. Um, I, I love products because they have cool stories like that. And it's really influential for us to try and mimic something like that. You know, So I'd say him and Patagonia are big for me too. It's pretty awesome. I'm a big fan of, uh, 180 degrees South. Yeah. It's a good one. I was actually watching a fly tying demo. Uh, Chenard was doing the other day. I forget what it was. The fly was time, but it was on the website. It's, you know, it's one of those things you get sucked into. All of a sudden, twenty minutes later, I'm I just like, oh damn, what I do with my life? <laughs> Three minutes later, you're buying a snap tea on Patagonia.com. <laughs> right? This is a Patagonia hat right here. <laughs> oh, speaking of Von Chenard, let my people go surfing. That's a great book. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been meaning to read that. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, I'll add that one to my list. I can't remember that I read. <laughs> you know, if you're looking for a good podcast that also has that entrepreneurial spirit, check out Kafaru Cast. Ryan did an, or Aaron did an episode with uh, the founder, and I'm blanking on his name right now. But I'm going to edit this out so no one know I blanked on his name. Mark the time. <laughs> <laughs> Google his name. <laughs> what is it? I fucking oh, Patrick Smith. Patrick Smith. I met him this weekend at the Kafaru Rendezvous, and you want to talk about a guy who's just got like poof, ideas everywhere and that entrepreneurial spirit. I'd love to see his workshop because I imagine it is just full of things no one's ever seen. Just really cool stuff. 
And I would I would highly recommend checking that episode out. Yeah, I have to do that. Like he had a hand in designing uh MSR snowshoes, some stuff for outdoor research, like a bunch of different stuff. He was a guide and all these things and when I got a chance to chat with him by the campfire this past weekend, it was like, I was like, man, I've always been a huge, like, Chenard fanboy a little bit, but now I'm kind of feeling this Patrick Smith vibe. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Did you, total starstruck, just kind of, did you ask him if he was single while you were at the fire? Uh, I know he's not, and I believe his lovely wife's name is Sarah. I did pick that up, and it was one of those things, though, where the more he talked, I felt like the more my jaw would just drop, like, towards the ground, because he talked about things that he had done or come up with, like, you see the industry standards kind of that way now, but you realize, like, oh, he's probably one of the big reasons it's the industry standard now, and uh, he pulled out this collapsible foldable chair i put it up on the instagram post i did about the rendezvous and it's a one-off he just made for himself like years and years and years and years ago before anyone was doing like a lightweight foldable camp chair wow yeah and like he's talking about like the adjustments he's got on it and all this stuff and he's like yeah but we never made it because of whatever reason and it's like i'm looking at this chair like man that's a dope chair and it's the same thing with like how I think they talk about like Yvonne Chouinard, he talks like, oh, all my gear is like 30 something years old, whatever. It's like the same thing with Patrick. Like you look at him, he's got like these down pants they made like once upon a time or they're one offs and they're sewn up still. And it's like nothing looks new, old hat and just a really inspiring guy. Just a super inspiring guy. It was fun to be around. I would love to flip through his notebook. Yeah. Yes, I feel like it'd be like a Galileo for outdoorsmen. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, this all makes sense. Yeah, it's always funny to me how those guys are, you know, like always innovating and continually, like, um, you know, starting to put new product out there and like changing the industry. But they're so, I mean, I guess I do the same thing. You know, Hudson, you probably do too, but we all hang on to our old. You know things that work, and love to have those like nostalgic items that we use all the time. Yeah, there's like certain things you will love to death. Like yeah. I took foolishly, I took a mountain hardware uh, puffy bird hunting, and it got fairly shredded. So now <laughs> I've got duct tape all all about it, and it's like eh, I'm not gonna give it up. It still keeps me warm. <laughs> It's your lucky jacket. Exactly. That was another case of going out when it was way too cold to be successful. <laughs> what, were you, what were you bird hunting for? Uh, we were going for some rough grouse. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure they were out there. I just didn't see them. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you guys see Alpin in five years? That's a good question too. I, um, I think where we want it to be is um, a name that everyone who fly fishes in a certain demographic, you know, age group and stuff. Everyone who fly fishes in that demographic knows who we are. Uh, I would love for that to be a reality, and then you know, with that too, uh, just have you know, 
be known for having some of the best reels that are out there for the best price. So uh, I think we're on a good direction to that, but there's a lot of things that kind of need to keep happening and moving to get us to become sort of the household name amongst fly fishers. Look to be maybe full timers at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. <laughs> That's one part of it too, man. It's it's a hard decision for us to figure out, uh, you know, what to do with that because we could we can make it so much better right now if we were able to dedicate all of our time to it. Um, and we're trying to figure out what that line is, you know, of like when would we ever do that or be able to do that, and uh, what would that look like? So it's kind of an ongoing conversation for us i say just cut cut it and run just go for it yeah yeah i, th I think the big dream is you know we can just hire enough people to have it run run without us and then we can be the guys on the all the fishing videos <laughs> right there you go one thing i've learned from people who go into these businesses is they spend less and less time doing the sport <laughs> Yeah, that's true, man. Uh, we started this with a passion because we just love to fly fish. And uh, I would say we haven't gotten to the point where we fish less at all. Uh, we, I think we still hold true to that for the most part. And that's a goal for us in the next five years, too, is to not lose that, you know, just to continue to uh, do what we do and just go fishing every weekend, but continue to grow still, too, if we can. Well, gentlemen, if, say, people are interested in buying one of your fantastic reels or your sexy blue fly lines, where can they go? Alpenreel.com uh, is our website, and that's where everything is listed on there. Um, and if you're not already, you can follow us as well on Instagram at Alpenreelco. There you go. So make sure you follow them. Or purchase one of these fine products and let us know how it's working for you. Phil Hudson, thank you so much for joining me tonight. For all of you out there, live your life.